I told you guys. I knew I was sus of the weather. Look what happened on opening day. It snowed. And it made for an incredibly amazing opening day, especially with Miguel Cabrera hitting a home run in the first inning in a snowstorm. Uh, And obviously that game got plenty of attention online and on Twitter. But if you listen to the most recent episode of Motor City Hardball, I said that I was skeptical of the weather. It was so nice for so long. And sure enough, I mean, it was that two, three-day span of cold-ass weather, freezing cold temperatures, and it snowed on opening day. And maybe some of you guys listened to that and thought, you know what, Brandon's totally right. I am skeptical of this weather. Or maybe some of you guys listened and thought, you know what, he's so wrong. This weather's going to be great. And uh, I don't know, you be the judge as to uh, what you think. But hey, I'm not saying I can predict the future or anything, but I was skeptical and I was right. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, we're a whole five games into the regular season. We are five games into a 162-game season. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that we noticed in the span of these five games, things that are important, things that really don't even matter, uh, looking further down the road, uh, and definitely some things to take note of. And we've learned a lot about this team within five games. Uh, Granted, you take two out of three from the Cleveland Indians, and you win that series, the the first series of the year at home. Uh, If if you are a, a diehard Tigers fan, you are well aware that It's been a bit of a back and forth affair between who dominates who. It's never, there's never a middle ground when it comes to the Tigers and uh, Cleveland. And by the way, let me just take note of this real quick. I had thought that the Cleveland Indians were in the process of changing their name. Uh, And I think over the offseason, there was an article that said the Indians will be going by Cleveland. And there was going to be a jersey change, and everything would just be known. They would be known as Cleveland up until an official changing of the name. And from the start of opening day, there was no notion of that in the slightest. Everything they were referred to as the Indians, the Tigers broadcast crew, and and whatnot. Um, you know, there's this whole B- Bally Sports Detroit now, and that's taken over for all of the Fox Sports entity. Um, across the country and across sports, but everyone referred to them as the Cleveland Indians. And right off the bat, I noticed it because one, it's pretty big news when a team changes names, let alone in, you know, in a scenario like this. Uh, But every, everyone has referred to them so far as the Indians. And I thought that this name uh, changing was supposed to take place this season. I guess not. I don't know. I'm not well-versed (laughs) <laughs> on this subject, um, I was just aware that it was supposed to be made this season up until an official name change, and so far that doesn't appear to be the case. Um, anyway, just a little bit of a side note there. But yeah, the Tigers, when they were good and when they dominated the AL Central, they dominated Cleveland. Uh, and for the last six seasons, Cleveland has absolutely destroyed us. 
there was that one span where Cleveland had, I think it was like a 23 game winning streak. Uh, and they also had like a 14, it was either 13 or 14 consecutive games won against the Tigers. So it's awesome to see us take two out of three from Cleveland. Uh, I, I felt that there wasn't a chance that we would at least win on opening day. I mean, if you look at those conditions, not only that, but you are facing, you know, the American League Cy Young Award winner last season in Shane Bieber. We know how dominant he is um, for the Tigers to jump ahead and take that quick early lead. Thanks to Miguel Cabrera to run Homer um, was pretty impressive. And let alone doing that in the snow is one thing. Uh, but then if we look at this series against Minnesota, the uh, first game was pretty brutal. Uh, obviously, we're, we're going to go into a little bit more of uh, detail here. Um, we're just, you know, as this episode goes on, uh, we're going to slowly progress into what, uh, you know, just covering the basics as to what's happened. But um, the starting pitching looked great up until this first game against Minnesota. Jose Arena did not make a great Detroit Tigers debut, let's just say. Uh, his command was totally lacking. Uh, his slider looked good. And if you watch that game, you know that Nelson Cruz hit a grand slam. He also actually hit two home runs that game. Uh, what is interesting is on the pitch prior to hitting that grand slam, it appeared that he had poked one just uh, outside of the foul pole. They called it a foul ball, and it was it was down the right field line. It, it was foul all the way, but they the umpires did take a look at it. Um, even Cruz, everybody thought it, it was clearly a foul ball. But something in the back of my mind told me that he's still going to hit a grand slam. Like, this is Nelson Cruz. This guy dominates... Detroit Tigers pitching. He has his entire career, especially since he's been with the Twins. He mashes against us. And what happens? It was the very next pitch that he hit a grand slam. Um, if you are familiar with John Boy, who essentially helped break the Houston Astros cheating scandal, uh, he's a guy who makes these YouTube videos and breaks down crazy moments in sports. He's really good at lip reading. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool videos. Um, I suggest you go check him out. Um, I'm not sure if he has posted one since I'm actually going to take a look as I'm speaking, but he obviously breaks down, you know, moments like this. Like there was a cat that ran on the field the other night. Uh, he completely broke that down. Now it's interesting because he did not break down the Nelson Cruz doesn't hit a grand slam and then does hit a grand slam. I had a feeling that he was going to do so. This was only yesterday. Um, today is Tuesday, and the Tigers are currently playing the Twins. It is 4.20 p.m. Uh, so there's there's a potential that John Boy will go ahead and make a, a video breakdown. But I just, I knew it. If you're a real Tigers fan, you knew that the Nelson Cruz home run was coming. And sure enough, it did. And of course, he hit another home run uh, a couple innings later. He continues to mash against the Tigers. So let's start with some of the positive takeaways that I have noticed over the course of the first couple games of the season, uh, and that is the starting pitching. Now, it was up in the air back in spring training as to what would this rotation look like. Uh, would Daniel Norris be a starter? Would Michael Fulmer be a starter? Would Scooble and Mize uh, get the call to make this team? Uh, what would Julio Tehran's position look like? He was dealing with some back issues 
uh, ex- had an early exit during one of his spring outings. And then the new guy, uh, Jose or uh, Julio Tehran being one of those new guys. But then you also had Jose Urena, uh, starting pitcher. He was the opening day pitcher for the Marlins a couple seasons ago. Uh, you know, would he make this rotation? What is his role with this team? Uh, but for starters, I mean, Matthew Boyd making his opening day start, he looked great. Uh, he didn't have strikeout stuff. Now, obviously, you you could make this argument of, well, the weather was cold and it was gross outside, but Shane Bieber struck out like 12 Detroit Tigers. So it's kind of hard to make that argument. Um, but Boyd was never, he, he doesn't throw a, a fast fastball. He touches 91, 92, maybe 93 max. He gets you out with his ability to mix those pitches and his off-speed pitches. Um, his curveball and slider looked really sharp. He got a lot of guys out in front. And when you see that, that the you know, the 76-mile-an-hour curveball and then you get a 93-mile-an-hour fastball up and away or upstairs and in, I mean, that thing looks like it's coming in at 110 miles an hour. So Boyd didn't necessarily have the strikeout stuff. Uh, he went five and two-thirds of an inning, gave up three hits, Four walks, a bit of a command issue, but it's okay. You know, first start of the season, the weather was difficult. Uh, and only struck out two. Uh, you had Jose Cisnero, Daniel Norris, and Gregory Soto, who looked a little bit scary in that ninth inning. He gave up a two-run homer to Roberto Perez. Uh, the Tigers walked away with an opening day win and a 3-2 to two victory. And the highlight of that game, obviously, Miguel Cabrera with that two-run homer. Uh, it was all over Twitter, Bleach Report, ESPN. They even had a a Topps baseball card was made. It was really cool. Uh, the Topps Now card for that exact moment um, for the Miguel Cabrera home run. Uh, and yeah, the Tigers walked away with an opening day win. Uh, fast forward to Saturday, another win against the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Julio Tehran looked great in his first start. Uh, Tehran is another one of those guys who doesn't have plus plus stuff when it comes to velocity, uh, for him, it's more of his, his natural movement, um, with the ball and, and mixing in his pitches. He's got a great sinker, uh, and his fastball, just his two seam fastball has so much life to it. Um, reminds me a lot of Doug Fister from back in the day. I mean, Doug Fister with his career in Detroit, he was successful and he was, a great pitcher, not because he threw fast, but because he mixed his pitches well, and he had great movement um, on all of his pitches. Great sinker, and his fastball was awesome. I mean, crazy tailing movement to it. Uh, that's what I see when it comes to Julio Tehran. Uh, he didn't have a great season last year in the 60-game season. He was with the Angels. Uh, he's a longtime veteran, spent the majority of his career with Atlanta. Uh, he went five innings. He gave up four hits, one and run. He had three walks and three strikeouts, also gave up a home run. But I was really impressed with uh, Tehran. And you have both starting pitchers on back-to-back outings going at least five innings. Uh, Michael Fulmer also coming out of the bullpen. Looks solid as well. He had a strikeout uh, pitch one inning. Uh, and Brian Garcia came out for the ninth. Uh, there is no definitive closer, A.J. Hench has said, Um I mean, Greg Soto, if you ask me, he is that guy. He is our closer. Uh, he's just got the stuff. His fastball is electric. It's, he's a lefty. I mean, you go from a 100-mile-an-hour fastball to uh, an 80-mile-an-hour an curveball or slider. He's got a great slide piece. Uh, I believe he is our guy. He just needs a little bit more 
experience and, and exposure to the game. And I think he's definitely got um, plus plus stuff and could totally be an all-star for this team uh, in the years to come. Uh, and then you have the third game of the series. Tarek Skubal looked great. Uh, that first inning, he uh, it was unfortunate. Uh, Harold Castro was playing first base, and uh, I, which I don't know why. I think I, I love how AJ Hinch came out and said that this team or this team is going to rely on Miguel Cabrera playing first base. He was the opening day starter at first base, and looks like that paid off with a home run. But you can't be moving guy. I don't I just don't like this whole we don't have a full our lineup isn't solidified and clearly our positions are not solidified. Granted we have a five player uh outfield and if you ask me and we're going to jump into Akil Badu in a little bit, but I believe he should be playing every single day, uh especially at this point. Uh you have I mean Jacoby Jones, he's he's definitely got um you know, there's a possibility for him to to also be an all-star. Uh, and Nomar Mazar brings a lot of pop um, to this lineup. But a guy like Nico Goodrum or Victor Reyes, uh, just, I, I hate to say it, but Goodrum strikes out a lot, and so does Victor Reyes. And I would love to give Akil Badu a, a chance every day at this, uh, in, in, this lo- in this roster, in the lineup. But, uh, you know, it, it really wasn't Scooble's day. He, he got roughed up in that first inning solely because of the botched play at first base by Harold Castro. But he ended up going five innings. He gave up four hits, a couple walks, four strikeouts. But his stuff looked great. Uh, and, and there's really a lot of uh, excitement to be had about Tarek Skubal and the future that he has with his team. Uh, and then the bullpen just blew up. It was a complete disaster. Uh, Daniel Norris did not look good. Uh, he had one strikeout, gave up a bunch of hits, four and runs. Uh, same thing with Buck Farmer, Tyler Alexander. Everybody sprayed a couple hits off them. Uh, Tigers go on to lose that game nine to three, but, uh, we all know the, the biggest, most exciting factor of that game was Akil Badu. Uh, ironically, or I shouldn't say ironically, but I was looking, I was really looking forward to this game first off because you had Scooble on the mound, uh, and you had Badu who was making his, his major league debut. Uh, I'm not going to go into crazy detail about him. Um, there's a couple episodes prior where I, I, I talk a lot about Akil Badu. So go ahead. And if you are interested to learn more about Akil Badu, where he came from and, and a little bit about his story, uh, take a listen, feel free. But Akil Badu was making his, his major league debut and I wanted to see his first at bat. Unfortunately, I had somewhere to be. I was on a bit of a time crunch and I needed to shower. So I happened to go and jump in the shower at the same time that Badu was going to have his first at bat. And when I got out of the shower and I turned, I looked at the game, I noticed that we had scored another run. And I thought, well, did Akil get on base? And was it an RBI double that someone hit? Or did he hit a home run in his first at bat? And sure enough, I looked at my phone and I saw it said Akil Badu homers on a fly ball to left field. And that was it. And uh, Twitter and Instagram and whatever else you want to call it went off. And it was awesome. And I didn't know that it was on the first pitch until I watched the highlight itself. And even then, I wasn't surprised. I mean, this guy is the future of this team. And no one knew that. No, no one... 
saw this coming. And sure, like, that's a bold statement to make. It's very bold. I mean, this guy had Tommy John surgery in 2019. He's 22. He's young. Uh, I believe he his gameplay reminds me a lot of, of Randy Rosarena, uh, you know, outfielder with speed, great defensively, and has a lot of pop. And not necessarily the biggest guy in your lineup, but he brings so much to the table. He's a great five-tool player. Uh, to see him homer on the first pitch of the game and he had his parents in the crowd, uh, it was really cool when he was rounding second base. He kind of pulled like an arrow, the invisible arrow out of his bag and, and shot it into the dugout. I mean, what a great moment for him. Um, I think he's definitely got a bright future with this team and it was one of the best decisions this team has ever made when it comes to keeping him and uh, allowing him to make this team and, and not having to give him back to Minnesota because I believe at the end of the day, it would have been one of the biggest regrets um, that this team would have and, and the city and the fans would have and in, in, in for who knows how long because he would have went to Minnesota, made the team, and in our division, we would have been watching this guy absolutely rake and you only hope that that's the case with him, uh, you know, for for his career here in Detroit. And then, boom! I mean, the next game he hit, he hits a grand slam. Obviously, it's it's it was a great little bit of hope in a game that was horrible the whole way throughout. Uh, the Tigers were down like what fifteen to two. Uh, he had a lot of pop though. I mean, you had Wilson Ramos hit his first home run as a Tiger. You had Victor Reyes hit his first home run of the season. And then with two outs and and there was there was two outs and nobody on, the Tigers had a bit of a rally that allowed for Badu to come up and he's probably thought to himself, "You know what? Screw this. Like, I'm here to make a name for myself. I don't care that we're losing by this much. I'm going to rip one the other way." And sure enough, he did. Uh grand slam. Again, I wish <laughs> I watched it live. But I didn't. I said golf lesson. But that's okay. Uh, and it's just—it's great to see him being so productive. And I just think he shouldn't be hitting at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, Robbie Grossman, up until today's game, has yet to have—he uh, had yet to have a hit this season. Although his on-base percentage was ridiculous. This guy walked three times in the first game and walked three times in the second game. He had a bunch of walks but couldn't get a hit to save his life. He had a pretty good spring, and overall, Robbie Grossman is a great player. I mean, he's great defensively, um, has played for some really quality teams in his career. He played, spent a couple seasons with Oakland and the Minnesota Twins, and uh, you know, anytime you can get a player from a, an organization like the Oakland Athletics, uh, we know how good and pesky those ball players can be. So I believe you know, Robbie Grossman is still a great addition, and it is very early, but I'm not sure if the leadoff spot um, is exactly his niche. Uh, I believe A.J. Hinch had him somewhere in the middle to bottom uh, half of the lineup today. I think he batted sixth. But, I mean, Akil Badu, like, this guy should be leading off. He's got great speed. Um, I, I don't I don't see why not. Um, I think I think I totally think we should we should have him batting in the leadoff spot. But it's it's great to see so early. I mean, who would have thought that this guy would be doing exactly what he's doing? It's a great story. I mean, he's 22. He's so young. He's got his entire career ahead of him, and he's already making himself a household name in Major League Baseball. And it helps when you got a crazy, awesome, cool name like that because everybody wants to know you and everybody wants to know your name. Uh, but it was a tough loss yesterday for the Tigers. So as it stands right now, 
is the bottom of the ninth in a 3-3 ball game. Um, I was out golfing today, so I have not gotten a chance to watch any of really what Casey Mize got to do. I know he struck out the side in the first inning. Uh, and in the last the last two starts for Mize this spring were electric. Um, he had lights out stuff. I believe he struck out nine against the Blue Jays. Uh, you know, his, the, his biggest issue was command. And it was very questionable as to whether or not Casey Mize was going to make this rotation. You had Tarek Skubal, who was a lock. Uh, he was actually given the news officially by AJ Hinch before the season started that he was going to make this lineup, this roster. Uh, but Casey Mize did not know that. And for Mize, he basically had to turn on the Jets, kick it into another gear, uh, and really prove to AJ Hinch and this organization that as the number one draft pick uh, back in 2018, you know, he is our guy. He He's capable of doing it. And he really proved himself. And... So far, from what I've seen today, just looking at highlights and looking at his stat line, I mean, great stuff. This The Minnesota Twins, they are a powerhouse. They're expected to win the American League Central. Uh, and for Casey Mize to come out, both Mize and Scooble, I mean, both these guys made their, uh, they made their Major League debut last season in front of no fans. you you got to imagine how difficult that is um, as, as a player you're growing up and you you are looking forward to playing in front of fans and uh to play in front of nobody is definitely difficult so it's a brand new ball game it's a brand new season for the two of them uh pitching in front of fans but my is going four innings allowing five hits one and run two walks and four strikeouts so uh three of those four came in the first inning but it's a great sign uh to see casey mize uh getting off to a a fast start here early on in the season Now let's jump to some of the news that's happening around the league. Uh, you have a tough start for the San Diego Padres, not because they've been losing. Uh, they are winning and they are still slam Diego. But unfortunately, Fernando Tatis uh, has supposedly dislocated his shoulder. Uh, he struck out swinging last night and he went straight to the ground after he swung and missed, uh, clearly wincing in pain uh, and had to leave the game. Currently, there's no timetable uh, on when he's expected to return or potentially uh, what could happen to him. Uh, it didn't look anything, I mean, horribly serious, but then again, you never know. Uh, and it's a definitely a tough break for the Padres considering it's so early in the in the season uh, and Fernando Tatis Jr., just one of the great young stars of baseball, so you hate to see uh, any sort of injury or anything happen to him. Uh, tough break for the Washington Nationals as well. Uh, their series against the New York Mets was completely postponed uh, due for due to COVID. Uh, they had a couple players test positive. Uh, I never saw a list as to who tested positive. Uh, clearly, it wasn't Max Scherzer because opening day for the Nationals was today. Uh, against the Braves, and Scherzer gave up two homers to Ronald Cunha Jr. and Freddie Freeman. Who else in that uh, Atlanta Braves lineup? Uh, Cunha took Scherzer deep on the very first pitch of the game, and uh, a couple batters later, so did Freddie Freeman. Uh, and that game is currently 4-2. to two. Uh, The Braves are leading. The Braves are off to an 0-3 start. They got swept by the Phillies uh, on the road. It's never easy, though, for a team when you make... When opening week and, and your first couple series are on the road, 
uh, you're trying to get off to a good start, and it's so difficult when you are not playing in your home ballpark. Um, but yeah, tough, tough for the Nationals. I mean, we've seen this. We saw it all last season uh, with games being suspended or postponed, and and now there's a need for double headers because you can't play for for COVID reasons. Um, forgot to mention that the Tigers are fully vaccinated. They got the Johnson and Johnson shot, I believe, uh, a couple days ago. So hopefully, considering that it's you know effective, that the Tigers won't have any sort of COVID outbreaks. Uh, head pitching coach Chris Fetter, though, was he? This was a couple days before the season was supposed to start. Um, he was out for COVID-related reasons. So hopefully, going forward, the Tigers have no issues uh, when it comes to COVID. Uh, taking a look at the American League West, you have the Astros and Angels, both off to hot starts. Shohei Otani seemingly can not not be talked about. Uh, he, he did something that hasn't been done in what it was like a hundred years. Uh, you had him starting on the mound and he was the top two batting in the second spot in the lineup. Um, that hasn't happened in baseball for some time. Uh, he also hit a 450 foot bomb in that game. Uh, so hopefully Shohei Otani can stay healthy and, uh, really help out that, that angels team, um, quietly. I mean, They've been okay over the years, obviously offensively, and you have Mike Trout, but they just seemingly can't get anywhere else. Their pitching has never been great. Jose Iglesias had a great spring. Um, definitely appears to be a great pickup for them, so hopefully he can uh, be more than just a defensive wizard at shortstop. Well, the Astros are finally getting the treatment that most people would say that they deserve uh, following their the cheating scandal that happened back in 2017. Uh, Astros are finally playing in front of fans and, uh, let's just say people are definitely letting them hear it, uh, against, uh, in, in their series against Oakland, uh, and with the angels, uh, last night, they were throwing actual garbage cans out onto the field from the outfield. Uh, someone even had a, a blow up garbage can <laughs> that they threw and made its way onto the field. Uh, it has definitely been heard. The boos surrounding the ballparks. Um, I mean, you have the Angels that are playing uh, teams in their division, Oakland and uh, the Angels. So obviously, those teams don't take didn't take too lightly to that cheating scandal uh, because it affected them and their standings as well as the rest of baseball and everybody else that it affected. Um, but you know, a couple games into the season and people are letting it rip on them. It's definitely weird nowadays to see a full. 40,000 plus filled stadium like the Texas Rangers have been doing uh even though it's everything's bigger in Texas clearly that's the case when it comes to attendance and stadiums uh they got that brand new Globe Life Park uh that was opened last season and it was used primarily for the playoffs as well as the World Series which they had fans attend uh but because Texas is Texas uh their COVID their rules and opinions on COVID are a little bit different than most uh, and they allowed for full 100% capacity uh, in their stadium. So with opening day at Globe Life Field uh, being yesterday, uh, definitely strange, especially for the Blue Jays, and let alone any team, any road team that is playing uh, in that stadium is definitely going to be weird. Uh, one, I mean, one would think as the season goes along and we hit summer uh, that more and more teams and people just across the country and in the world are going to be vaccinated, which allows for... 
uh, these ballparks to allow for uh, greater fan capacity. I mean, nothing that is at 100%. I mean, I think right now the, the second biggest allowed capacity is, I want to say, the Phillies, and I think they're allowing 30%. Uh, I saw a couple of highlights from the Cubs game the other night, and it seemed like they had a lot of fans in the stands. Um, so different teams uh, are, are in, in obviously different states have different rules. So I know the Tigers are allowed um, 8,200 fans. Hopefully that number will um, steadily increase in terms of you know a- attendance and uh, fans that are allowed at the ballpark. Um, but it's crazy to see a full 40,000-plus stadium filled with people uh, to watch their team that's definitely not going to be super great this season so uh it's nice that they still have fans showing out and finally former detroit tiger nick castellanos is making some big headlines uh for his quote-unquote aggressive actions for instigating a benches clearing incident incident uh, in saturday's game against the st louis cardinals uh if you didn't see basically nick castellanos uh, as he was sliding into home plate uh, got up and just flexed uh, on on the pitcher who was covering. Uh, not exactly sure who that pitcher was, but, I mean, Yadier Molina was right there and uh, got up in Castellanos' face. Uh, if, if you watch the highlight, it's just like Castellanos basically, like, looks down at him and, like, goes, like, ah, and, like, flexes, and it's really nothing. Like, people, players, hockey players fight each other. And granted, hockey's different, and that's been the case since the history of the game. But you literally have a player just like taunting in a, in a in a great athletic way, so to speak. I mean, there's there's really nothing wrong. There's no physical harm. It's just like he's flexing on him, uh, and supposedly has been suspended two games. Uh, he is appealing, uh, and Castellanos was ejected after that. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I, I watched the replay. I think it's kind of crap um, that Castellanos is, is is suspended for those actions. I mean, I guess it's also a little bit on the Cardinals too, just because and the Reds because the the bench is cleared. Uh, and sure, you don't want that to be happening um, in in today's world with COVID, uh, and you don't want to see these guys up close and personal, face to face five games into the season. Uh, it's just not a great look. Uh, but a two-game suspension because of that, I don't know. I think you definitely got to uh, take that one with a with a grain of salt. But come on, Nick Castellanos is having a great year already. Uh, he's really making a name for himself. Still, he's such a young guy. And I don't know, just you got to give him a break. He's hitting 533 this season. Uh, he's got eight hits, a couple of home runs. Um I just don't see why this was made to be such a big deal. Like, let him flex. Who cares? Um, I got a Bleacher Report notification a couple of minutes ago uh, that says Amir Garrett, who is one of the uh, relievers for the Reds, he says, we're some bat-flipping, showboating son of a guns. I want everybody to know. So, hey, keep in mind, the Cincinnati Reds, even though they have a bunch of players that could possibly be traded at the trade deadline come July 31st, they are going to get you, so watch out for them. So the episode was originally going to end here. Uh, it still is, but I deleted my old recording of the ending that I had for this episode because let's just say the Tigers game has had yet to end at that point. Uh, who else? Who else? Akil Badu. I mean, 
<laughs> what an awesome moment. Let me get an Akil Badu jersey right now. This is the most exciting player, the most exciting scenario uh, that th- this team has had in so long. Like, even though, like, yeah, we got Casey Mize and Torkelson, we have all this young talent, like, sure. But, like, forget that for a sec. We literally just got this guy, like, dropped in the palm of our hands. I mean, what can he not do? In his first week in the majors, uh, a homer, first at-bat, first pitch, home run, uh, a grand slam, and now a walk-off. Put him at the top of the lineup and have him start every single day. What an amazing, exciting uh, s- story. I mean, I, I cannot get enough of Akil Badu. This guy's making major headlines, major waves. I can't wait to see what happens uh, between today and uh, next week's episode. Well, exactly what is Akil Badu going to do next? How hype is that? Uh, but that is all for today's episode of Motor City Hardball. Uh, if you are interested in joining me as a potential guest on the show, feel free to reach out to me uh, and let me know, and we can definitely work something out. We can talk a little baseball and talk a little, a little bit about the Tigers. Uh, but that is all, guys. Uh, I'm Brandon Rothenberg. New episodes every Wednesday at 3 o'clock, and we'll see you next week on Motor City Hardball. <laughs>